Welcome to the Emergency Management Network podcast, Emergency Management's Trusted Voice, brought to you by the Blue South, the University of Applied Research and Development, the foundation for the research and advancement of emergency management and people like you. I had a great conversation with a few of my colleagues about why we chose the field of emergency management. And as the night went on, we discussed how we've seen the great burnout of emergency management professionals over the years. Okay, our profession is not the only one suffering, and there's been a great resignation and the quiet quitting that has been occurring since COVID. See, people are looking for a better work-life balance. We all know, and, and maybe it's even you, that person who hates their job but refuses to leave. They have many reasons they stay in that position that does not give them satisfaction and only a paycheck. There has to be more. And there are two areas that we should consider when discussing job satisfaction and life balance. One, what, what do we get out of the job? Well, is it satisfaction, pay, position, prestige? How do we balance our lives, our family time, our alone time, and the ability to work on passion projects? So I want to start with Henry David Thoreau. He has been commonly yet inaccurately labeled as lazy and idle individual and often associated with being a tree-hugging, work-shy, and, well, maybe even an early hippie. In reality, Thoreau was just a job hopper who challenged the traditional notions of work and its relationship to personal fulfillment. Thoreau's career trajectory began in 1837 when he graduated from Harvard and entered into the workforce, but during a financial crisis. And this crisis was also known as the Panic of 1837, and it triggered a significant economic downturn, resulting in a decline in profits and prices went up and wages were crazy and jobs were scarce. Upon returning home to Concord, Massachusetts, Thoreau struggled to secure employment due to the scarcity of job opportunities. And he eventually landed a teaching position at a very prestigious school, but ultimately he resigned due to his opposition to corporal punishment, which he deemed harmful to the students. And Thoreau's resignation from his teaching position reflected his values and principles as he refused to compromise his beliefs to inflict harm on children. Thoreau's decision to quit can be seen as courageous as he was willing to sacrifice job security in a really bad market for his moral and consciousness. Thoreau's actions challenged the conventional ideas that work should take precedence over personal values and beliefs and that one should prioritize financial stability over personal integrity. Henry David Thoreau's resignation as a school teacher in 1841 had been interpreted as a symbolic rejection of the emergent industrial economic and return to the artisanal values of self-sufficiency and independence. Now let's take a deeper look at that resignation from his position as a school teacher. He wrote about his dissatisfaction with the traditional education system and the desire for more meaningful self-directed life. His resignation was also motivated by his opposition to slavery, which he believed was supported by the Times economic system. Thoreau, with a new way of looking at education, teamed up with his brother John to open up a private academy, or also known as an alternative school. The brothers Thoreau allowed students 30 minutes of recess rather than the traditional 10, and they took field trips with locational aspects. They surveyed the school grounds and planted crops with the students who learned basic mathematics and science, and they took numerous journeys into outdoor sites, hence the term field trips, where the student would also learn about local history. 
Unfortunately, in 1841, the brother closed their small school due to John's death. After the closing of the school, he landed a few jobs, but he was unsatisfied with them, and he determined he needed a better way of living. So starting on July 4th, 1845, a few days shy of his 28th birthday, Throw opted for a life of resignation. As the nation celebrated Independence Day, Throw embraced his own, walking two miles from Concord to the shores of Walden Pond. He would stay there for two years, two months, and two days. Throw's embracement of the artisan movement in the mid-19th century, it was a reaction to the growth of the industrialization and displacement of skilled workers by machines and unskilled laborers. Artisans were skilled craftsmen who produced goods by hand and were known for their quality and attention to detail. The movement was characterized by a desire for independence and self-sufficiency and commitment to quality over quantity. Thoreau's resignation can be seen as a reflective of the values of the artisan movement, his reduction of the traditional education system and his desire for more meaningful and self-directed life were consistent with the movement's emphasis on independence and self-sufficiency. Thoreau's opposition to slavery can be seen as rejecting the economic system supported by cheap labor, exploitation, and wealth accumulation. Artisans often worked in rural areas, and their work was often closely tied to the land and the natural world. So Thoreau's retreat to Walden Pond and his embrace of simple, self-sufficient lifestyle can be seen as rejecting the urban, industrialized world and returning to a more natural, authentic way of life. So why does this matter? That's an excellent question because while we're all on this trip together and the field of emergency management is sometimes, well, it's getting brutal. Some people are here for the wrong reasons. And honestly, we're here at a crossroads. Our field involves the coordination of various agencies and stakeholders to mitigate the effects of disasters and emergencies. In this context, the emergency manager plays a vital role in ensuring the safety and well-being of the public. However, our effectiveness can only be projected if we operate in good faith and not by denying our freedom and responsibility of our choices and actions. One must be honest about the responsibility and challenges of emergency management, which is crucial to the effective decision-making and public safety. And let's draw from John Paul Sattar's concept of bad faith. According to Sattar, bad faith in the state of self-deception is in which individuals deny their freedom and responsibility of their choices and actions. And this can manifest in various ways, such as denying the existence of alternatives or avoiding difficult decisions um, or attributing one's efforts to external factors beyond their control. In emergency management, being in bad faith would mean denying the reality of one's responsibilities and role as an emergency manager. We are entrusted with the safety and well-being of the public during times of crisis. And by acknowledging our responsibilities and accepting the weight of our decisions, emergency managers can make informed and responsible choices that prioritize the community's needs. And by denying one's responsibility as an emergency manager can lead to complacency, irresponsibility, and ultimately harm to the public. So being honest with oneself about our challenges can help us become resilient and better leaders and more effective at our jobs. And emergency managers involves making difficult decisions under those high-stress situations, and honest self-reflection can help us identify our strengths and weaknesses in areas for improvement. By recognizing the weight of our decisions, we can make informed choices and prioritize the community needs. One of the critical challenges of emergency management is the unpredictable nature of disasters and emergencies. Despite meticulous planning and preparation, unforeseen events can occur 
which require emergency managers to make critical decisions quickly. In such situations, it can be tempting to deny responsibility for our situation's outcome and attribute to external factors beyond our control. However, this needs to be revised to the reality of emergency managers' role in protecting the public can lead to complacency and responsibility. And honesty about one's limitations and weakness is essential for effective emergency management. Emergency managers must be able to identify their strengths and weaknesses and acknowledging one's limitations and asking for help shows strength and responsible leadership. One must recognize one's flaws to ensure adequate preparation and effective decision-making. And emergency management requires honesty and self-reflection. The importance of self-reflection in emergency management cannot be overstated. Through the lens of Henry David Thoreau and Jean-Paul Sartre, we have explored the significance of introspection and personal integrity in this field. Thoreau's resignation from his teaching position and his embracement of the simple self-sufficient lifestyle reflected his refusal to compromise his values and prioritize personal fulfillment over societal expectations. Satar's concept of bad faith warns us against denying one's freedoms and responsibilities as an emergency manager, emphasizing the need for honest self-assessment and decision-making. By self-reflecting, emergency managers better can understand our motivations, our values, and limitations. And this introspection enables us to make informed and responsible choices, prioritizing the public's well-being. Acknowledging emergency management challenges and seeking support is vital to affect crisis management. So be honest about one's weaknesses and limitations and foster personal growth and continuous improvement in the field. In time, many professionals are experiencing burnout and seeking a better work-life balance. Self-reflection becomes even more critical. In a time when many professionals are experiencing burnout and seeking a better work-life balance, self-reflection becomes even more critical. By examining what we derive satisfaction from in our work and how we can achieve this harmonious balance in our lives, we can make deliberate choices that align with our values and well-being. This benefits individuals and contributes to a healthier, more resilient emergency management profession. Self-reflection on an ongoing basis requires dedication and willingness to confront those uncomfortable truths. As we strive to enhance the field of emergency management, let us embrace the power of self-reflection, cultivate personal integrity, and prioritize the well-being of ourselves and communities that we serve. Together, we can build a more resilient, compassionate future in emergency management. Thank you for spending time with Emergency Management Network. It's people like you who really make this profession better. If you're getting anything out of these talks, tell a friend and, and give us a review on your podcast platform that you're listening to. And give the gift of subscription to the person that has everything. They get a great gift and you support the team's work here at the Emergency Management Network. So until next time, stay safe, stay hydrated.